So three, two, one. Welcome back to FETV. Tonight, joined by, my, uh, joined by Derek Collin, myself, Darren Murphy, and we have Darius Charles on FETV. Happy to see you, Darius. How are you? Happy to be here. I'm good, brother. How are you keeping in the current uh, lockdown situation? Uh, yeah. Just before we start, uh, just introduce you properly, Darius. So Darius plays with uh, Wickham Wanderers in the UK because we, we have a lot of Irish listeners. But uh, yeah, so how are you coping at the moment? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I mean, we're we're quite fortunate because, like, our chief exec has, like, promised us all our wages as well. So, like, financially we're sound. It's just a case of, like, making sure that we're staying... I guess as fit as possibly can be. So when we do go back, if if we do go back, that we're ready to kind of like hit the ground running. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose kind of similar to most footballers we've had on here on the show. Um, yeah, look, Darius, what what we do normally is kind of just get as many good football inputs out there as we can. So like I suppose I would have met you at Stevenage, um, but we never really spoke about you know your past or where you came from or where your football inspiration was or when you first kicked the ball so if you can just go through it there a small bit and tell us like where where did you start and where did you come from it all started, it all started so i'm from i'm originally from west london um and growing up i shared my time between west and south london between like my mums and nans and my uncles who used to live in brixton and um at about the age of like 10, like 9, 10, I started getting into football because I wasn't really into it before. And then I used to play in the park with my uncle and he would always say to me, oh, you don't want to play football, you don't want to play football. I'd be like, no, no, I swear I do, I swear I do. So we would go out, right, on like the worst days ever, wet, mud everywhere. And we played this game where I would literally dribble the ball and he would just hack me at the heels. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the game. Like, there was no objective apart from like, stay on your feet type thing. And then, like, I really enjoyed that game. So I went from there to, like, playing for my Sunday league side. And then there was this, like, initiative in the community where, like, the police team up with, uh, like, the local uh, football team, which was Brentford for me. And they, like, opened up a cage area on my estate. And they had, like, this tournament, this big tournament. And I remember, like... And, like, all the boys were like, oh, Darius, Darius, like, let Darius play, let Darius play. Because, obviously, you know, we were used to playing on, on, on the estate all the time. And, um, thankfully, after, like, waiting for, like, two hours, like, someone dropped out. So I played. And then after playing, they were like, oh, like, do you fancy coming down to Brentford and, you know, mucking about with the, with the boys or whatever? So I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So I had to, like, sprint home, get my mum, bring her to the park so she could sign the, the forms and that. And then... Um, I remember getting there. Now it wasn't the it wasn't what you would call the academy nowadays. It was what you would call the um like the the curriculum that they run alongside it. I can't remember what they call it, but it's like kind of like football in the community type thing. It's not you know you're not on your pathway to playing like getting because uh, scouting uh, scholarship and all that. Yeah, what age were you when that happened? I would I that I would have been about eleven then, about eleven twelve, okay. and then um. So I remember we went up to uh, Carrington training ground and played United. Like I'd only been there for like six weeks and then we got to play United. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So then we must've smashed them like 12-5. I scored like seven goals and they were like, you need to come into our academy. I was like, wicked. So then that was like where it kind of started for me. Like I went to the academy at about the age of uh, 13. How How didn't United sign you after scoring seven goals? 
Mate, all I could think of was, where is Alex Ferguson? That's all I could think <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, I have to meet Alex Ferguson. Like, he has to be here watching this. But, you know, he must have been that. He must have been asleep or something, having a nap or I don't know. Because the way I play, how I haven't played in the Prem to this day is it's beyond me. I'll be honest. Because <laughs> I was incredible. But, um, so, yeah, so that was like kind of where it started for me. And I got my scholarship at Brentford. I got a pro there. I spent a lot of time out on loan when I was say 21, 22, no 21, I went to Ebbsfleet in the conference. So I'd played against you lot, obviously twice. Um, and I remember funny enough, because I was saying to you, I remember one time you hacked me down <laughs> in that game when we was at Ebbsfleet. And funny enough, Ebbsfleet, we got relegated from the conference that year and you guys got promoted. And Wesley obviously brought me in that year. And that was the start of obviously that crazy, magical, with Stevenage ride. Yeah, because like Derek, I suppose, like listening to that, you'd be thinking, you know, there's so many opportunities in the UK, like to just go down and play football in the park, you know, and you kind of get picked out. We, we, we don't have that here. That's insane. No, and I, I was interested in hearing Derek saying that there because after talking to Joe last week about Joe looking, talking about young fellas needing to, train more and get on the ball more and, and work on their, te- their the technical side of the game. We don't have that really in Ireland yet. Though it started it started a couple of years ago. We've been under 13 and, and under 15 um, League of Ireland National League, you know. Mm. But before before a couple of years ago there was none of that. So what was it what was it like, Darius, when you were training at that age, say 12, 13, when you when you hooked up with Brentford first. So what did it entail? So for us, it was, we used to train twice a week at um, a decent facilities. It was called Cranford University and it was um, like a, a college for sports. So they had a massive like AstroTurf facility and, you know, it was the rubbish stuff. But back then, like it was, you know, I mean, 3G, it was the, it was the nuts. And it was a really good setup because we felt like we were, it felt professional, you know. It, it, you could tell the difference between like playing Sunday league and go into what wasn't even the academy at Brentford, which was kind of, like I said, like just a footballing community type thing. So it was, a, it was a big jump in terms of, not necessarily ability, but in terms of just the um, facilities we had at the well, time. You see train twice a week and you see play a match then as well, Darius, is it? Yeah, yeah so we train twice a week. Yeah, so we train twice a week and then we would play on, on, the, on the Sunday. And what happened then when you, when you progressed to the academy, sir? So the academy was one extra day worth of training. And again, it was like, you know, you, now you had actual kind of coaches that had their UA for B, UA for A. Because we, would, we were fortunate enough to get them from time to time when we were with the uh, advanced camp. But this was, you know, your UA for A, your UA for B, or at least striving to get their coaches. So, and it was a real, that was when... I noticed the difference in terms of like the, the mindset and it's crazy because it's like, I look back at it now and my son's 10 and he plays for Fulham and it's like, I look at him and I go in three years time or in two, three years time, like he's going to look like if he wants to play football, he's going to look like a, a completely different animal, like, or he will have to because there's kids that age that are really, really like, they want it, you know? 
Yeah, I seen I seen you on Instagram a good few times with the with, with the young fella going to like what the, the dad diaries. They're very good actually. You go into the little games in the park. But yeah. yeah, just even some clips there. Young fellas are quality, like aren't they? And but do they do they understand at that age like uh, what it takes to to make it and 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 like how how good they need to be or you know how aggressive they need to be on the ball or what you're speaking of. I think now, I, th- I think, yeah, because I think there's a lot of pressure on these kids, you know. So I'll give you an example of what it's like. So my son's 10, right? He trains Monday, e- so, you know, we go to school. Monday evening from five till half seven, he trains. He does the same again on Wednesday. On Saturday, he trains from like 9.30 till 12. And then he has a game on Sunday. So at 10, he's training Two hours a two hours a an that you know a day for three days, and then they play an eighty minute match, which is broken up into like two games with two twenty minute halves. So they're playing a lot of football. You know, that's four days a week of actual like structured academy football. And is the yeah. game against other academies? My, Sorry, Derek. I was just saying, my two my two kids like say you look at in, here in Cork if you're at ten years of age. You're going to be training once, maybe, and you might have a match at the weekend. That's about it. Train for an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, and that just goes to show, like, it's. I mean, my, obviously, football is big business, but if you see the facilities that these kids have, like, and I'm not saying that all the academies, but what they class the Cat One category. So any academy that has a, a dome, like a footballing dome, man. In, they're laying on my son last year right went to France for a football tournament and they had the likes of PSG Sporting Lisbon Roma Juventus like all these teams were there and I'm like t- yeah. I was playing in the park at your age you've already like if you quit tomorrow you could be like yeah done it <laughs> played in big tournaments abroad Completed it. You know what I mean? And then just on the competition side of things, Darius, are, is, is the score taken? Are they in leagues? Like, do they care if they win, and lo- win or lose? Or is it, do the coaches care if they win or lose? Or So the way they do it is this. It, from, when you start kind of playing matches from under six, so from under six to under eight, it's non-competitive. So even at grassroots, there's no... Um, like you're playing and you're in a, you're in a league, but there's no uh, trophy, there's no winners and losers. It's just you're participating. Once you get from nine to ten, what they do is the league itself is not. There are no uh, winners of the league, but they'll host loads of tournaments. So they'll have uh, the Premier League tournament, which they host every summer up in uh, Warwick. And you know, again, you'll have the likes of uh, Cardiff United. Uh, West Ham, um, Fulham, Arsenal, Chelsea, like all these clubs. But there's not necessarily, the onus really is on the academies themselves to instill that because there are some academies. I'll tell you one thing, yeah. There's no surprise that Chelsea churn out so many players. And I know like a lot of these players don't necessarily play for their first team, but they have like brought up a lot of players who you know will play at 
other Premier League or Championship clubs because the way they do things there is insane. As in what, like? Just the, so, you know, because you get speaking to the parents, right? Because you obviously play and some of them are parents that you may have had. So one of the kids that um, plays for Chelsea on the 10s, I managed when, you know, when I managed my son's grassroots team and they have, so obviously, like I say, they train three days a week. One of their days is a tactical day. So they're already working on like movement, like uh uh, what do we call it? Patterns, shape, patterns uh, of play, yeah. Patterns of play. Yeah, they're working on patterns of play for like an hour, two hours. That's their session. Like without the ball, with the ball, unopposed, opposed, just going through patterns. And I would love to, I'm going to have to do this, maybe send you some um, footage of a game or something. You can see the fluidity in how these kids move. It's just like, you know how our manager would say, oh, if your fullback's on the touchline, you've got to come inside. And if he's inside, you've got to go outside. These kids just get it. Yeah. Like, they're just, they're moving so quickly. And it's just, it's, and their, their dedication, I remember, because I pointed out to my son, ball went out for a goal kick, right? Chelsea have attacked. Ball's gone out for a goal kick. The lad who got to the line and crossed it, right, sprinted back to the halfway line, got in position, and he was in the, like, the sprinter's stance like this. And I just looked at one of the other parents and was like, what the fuck is happening? This kid is in, I like it. Like, I like it. Like I could see, they just have a real, another level of like intensity and desire at Chelsea. Like that's kind of like their main emphasis. I'm not saying it's right because they get rid of a load of kids, you know, they, they bring in a lot, get rid of a lot and keep a few. That's their model. But it's like the one you make it like well on top of that Gary so I suppose they are the elite kids too aren't they like they're not taking just anyone so these kids are going to be natural footballers and they're going to take on board what they're taught they're taught there too like you know of course yeah they're kids that have the talent and then have the, the brain to be able to be coached it like really quick so you are absolutely right they are the best of the best and then you can tell the coaching takes them to just a, like another level you know another like they have that Oh man, it's honestly it's a beauty to watch sometimes. I tell you, it can be a car crash sometimes watching ten year olds run around, but when they get it right, man, it's it's like poetry in motion. Very good. And you coaching? Is your son? Do you know it, It's so much training. What is it, eight nine hours? It's eight nine hours a week. That, like, does he? Does your son love it, Darius? Does he? He, he obviously loves going out training. Loves the way it's done. Or do you think it should be more age related to him, like, and, and not as serious? It's a difficult one because it's like everyone's taking it serious at that age. So you have to take it serious, you no know. Choice. You've, got, yeah, yeah. you've got no choice almost. But the one thing I try and do is that whenever him and I are playing football, it's just, it's fun, you know, because he does so much structure stuff. I want him to just like fall in love with learning things the way he wants to learn them. And credit to Fulham, they do an incredible job in terms of putting on sessions that are, you know, for the individual. On a Wednesday, they have what's called IDP, um, Individual Development Programme. So you will, the first 45 minutes of your session is based upon an area where you can improve, which is, which is fantastic. But um, I spent countless amount of hours, which I'm sure we all did, just playing football until like the streetlights came on 
and your mum was calling you and telling you it's time to come in for dinner. Like, and you're just, you're there with a ball for hours on end. You could, you never get tired. You can go and do oh, the weather. Ah, oh, the, like the weather didn't matter. Like rain, sleet or snow. It didn't matter. These kids nowadays, like you can't get them to go out in any rain. Like they're just like, <laughs> yeah, I want to stay inside. Like we were around like kicking a ball in putt, like, but what you don't realize you're doing is you're learning like, like it's like you're, you're training like a muscle memory. You're teaching yourself how to do new and exciting things with a ball, you know? Whereas these kids don't really get the opportunity to do that because they're doing so much like at football already, as well as school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots to do. Um, move, moving on from the, the young fella, uh, we'll come back to him in another couple of years. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're at Stevenage with me at the time. Uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit when yeah. I when I, I I remember you from Ebbsfleet as well. Particularly, I I remember when the gaffer said you were coming in. I was excited about it. I knew you were a good player. Uh, yeah. I had a tough time against you. I remember like I I probably I probably was known as an aggressive uh, player around the conference, and I remember running into you a few times. That's why I remember it. <laughs> you always remember when you when you shoulder a guy, and you and you, and you feel you feel the strength back. Do you know? I always. <laughs> But uh, no, Steve. Oh, but it's just funny because I always say this to my black. Always remember my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, so Steve, yeah, Stevenage was, I suppose, kind of a bit for you as well. I was, I was injured a lot. Um, I had some great times there. Uh, probably never experienced something like that in in a football team. I had a little bit of it at Cork City. Um. But I suppose Stevenage uh, really, you know, was kind of is probably the best years of my career. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I I was injured a lot, and you you kind of had a had a few injuries as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, it took you, you know, past past Stevenage. You you had the problems. We'll go into that. But what did you what did you think when you were at Stevenage, and how did you find it? And mate, I mean, you'll know. And it's so funny because it's like whenever people ask you about. Stevenage, it's like people talk about it like it's like like a fable or a myth, like a like Egyptian like myth or something. And we're like, everything you heard is true. It's one hundred percent true. And anything like you're not doing the story justice. Like there was more to it. Like you're like watering it down. Like when I first, I remember right because it was the first summer that I hadn't been away. So obviously, you know, we, we get the summer break and like, we go away. It was the first time I hadn't been away because I was like, we got relegated. I'd signed for a League Two team. I'm back in the league after, you know, going from Brentford to Ebbsfleet. Like, I want to give it my all. Derek, let me tell you something here. The first day we done what is called a 90-second run. <laughs> and it was the run from hell. And we used to do nine. And it's like, you had to do like seven laps like something. I literally, and God is my witness, may strike me down now if I'm lying. After the first set of three, <laughs> I was like, what? I, I can't do this. Like, I can't be here. I cannot be here. I, I regret and it, was, it was after training as well. Oh, my God. It was relentless. And I remember just sitting in the, my first three, four months at Stevenage was so hard, man. I had the manager calling me loser like daily because <laughs> I'd come from a club that was relegated and he would just call me loser. <laughs> He'd be like, pass me in the hallway. Oh, you're right, loser. Or I'd be like, oh, you're right, Gaffo. Uh, 
They were, they were, they were tough times. Like I suppose, looking back in the moment, you'd be saying, as you said, like I hate these runs. Oh my God, cursing everyone and cursing yourself. But then you look back and you say, you know what? Like it, it, just, it, it, it got you fit. It definitely got me fit anyway. You know, I, I know the benefits of it. I probably, we all at that club would have thought like, you know, we should have maybe done more with our time there. But again, you're in, you're in a different mindset. You're in a different, a different era and it is what it is. Whatever happened, happened. But yeah, look again, mentality, mentality wise, it definitely, definitely added to my mentality anyway. And it changed me as a person as well. Um, you know, like we, 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 we we had some tough tough days, right. but uh, there were some good times as well. Like you, you, you we were ta- like, talking about you, you scored episode. against Reading in the FA Cup twice. Listen, not we, bad for a centre half. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, listen, we had yeah. Would I would I do it again? No, 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 no. Am I grateful for being able to have the opportunity in my lifetime? Oh man, am I ever? Because like, we never, this is, we're talking like 10 years ago now. And it, honestly, whenever like me and Murph catch up or when we went back for Ronnie's testimonial or whatever, it's just like, like, it's just, it's still fresh in our minds, man. Because those times were just, they had such a profound impact on us. It's like, remember when we were injured and we would just spend hours in the table tennis room in the <laughs> around the back and we were just playing table tennis for hours just like hiding like just yeah because oh, you were in there just explain it a bit more Derek like you if you were injured you were first in last out wow. so like the the day the day was nine to five so <laughs> so we were in we were in eight to six <laughs> some days yeah. so let me pro tip Tennis players, oh, mate, listen, if we should have taken up a career in table tennis, we would have oh. been we would have been home. <laughs> You'd probably be the first Irish man to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh did you did you ever go through any like uh tough times like that, Derek, with a team, but then come out the other side saying, like, I look back and no and you know, what a bunch of guys to be with, you know? Do you know what, Dan? Like I suppose it, there's a bit of that in, in all the teams, but for me, I was quite lucky with the teams I played in. We were like, I suppose I, I went to Brighton at 17 and I retired at 28. Um, and in amongst them, like I had the Dave Barry era with Cork City. Then I had the, I had the Stephen Kenny with Bowes where we won the league. And then I came back and we had the, the Pat Dolan and Damon Richardson era. So, and that was me gone. Then that was me done. So like, I was quite lucky in my, I suppose when I was in Brighton, I was in Brighton at 17 to 19. Uh, under Liam Brady and um, Jimmy Case, um, that was a that was a tough time. Like that was that was the time when the club then hit the, hit the hit the wall, you know, when when they kind of went nearly went under and they sold the ground and they nearly went to, they kind of went into the examinership or whatever happened back then. And then I came home, so yeah, like every preseason for me was a tough time to be honest. I hate it because I was like fifteen stone, and as we mentioned with under Joe, like I was expected to keep up with all the. With all the, the likes of Joe and the likes of uh, at Bowes, it would have been Mark Rutherford or whatever, you know, like yeah. But sure, that's not that's like them being able to head the ball the same. As me, do you know what I mean? That's just not. It doesn't make any sense, like you know. So I used to hate preseason, but it was great when you got through it. Then like you plow on it and make sure you 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 got all the runs done and and come out the other side of it and you feel great, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And like, Darius, I suppose the last time I would have seen you was probably at, at Stevenage that time. And then kind of I, I had dropped off and kind of went my own way and like, you know, had had, had, a, had a bit of an injury curve and stuff like that. And eventually I had to kind of retire early as well. Derek is the same as well. He had a few injuries, but you kind of ran into a bad one as well, did you? So, yeah, so I mean, I've, I, so I, I, you, I, don't, I don't think he was at Stevenage at the time. And this isn't the one that I have now, but I was out for a year, wasn't I? I completely ruptured my ankle and broke my leg. And it was in my last year at, um, at Stevenage. And I'd done it in like, uh, maybe in January. Yeah, it'd have been about January of that year, whenever that was. And I got to the summer. And fortunately enough, because I'd done so well in that season. And I think because the surgeon had explained that I was looking at coming back maybe in the October time, like Burton came and picked me up. So I literally, it was random because I had like loads of League Two clubs and my agent called me and said, oh, listen, Burton, like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank wants to meet you at Heathrow now. And I was like, well, like, what? Like now? Like, luckily enough for me, I literally live like 20 minutes from Heathrow. And it was so I was like literally jumped in the shower, I put some clothes on, I went and met him. He was on a flight to Vegas, and he's like, "Right, I've seen you play. I really like you. Um, so I'm gonna get the secretary to call you, and we'll get this sorted." And I was like, "Okay, Jimmy. Like, okay, <laughs> like whatever, whatever you say." It was like it was, it was it was random, but so unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, um, like I didn't get to play at Burton because I spent all my time there injured. And when I I came back from the ankle. And then I um, had an avulsion, so I, I, I tore the, my tendon, my hamstring tendon, like off the bone, not completely, but partially. So that set me back another 10 weeks. And by the time I came back from that, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank had already gone to QPR in January and Nigel Clough had come in. So when I got fit in about March, I ended up going alone to FC Wimbledon. And I remember, like the remit was to get into the playoffs and we were just outside the playoffs and we got into the playoffs and we beat Accrington 1-0 at home and as Murph will tell you Accrington hated us we had a real thing like as, you know when we were all Stevenish together us and Accrington we didn't mix and it was funny because obviously we beat them in the semi-playoff finals five years previously so their manager like had a real gripe for me, John Coleman. He hates me. He really hates me. I think he just hated everyone from Stevenage. Like, it was just I, mem- I, mem- I remember that game actually, the semi-final. I, me- I remember the, oh. the the gaffer screaming at me in the dressing room, telling me, "Murph, the only thing tonight, don't get booked. <laughs> don't get booked." <laughs> the first, I'd say, the first five minutes, I got a yellow card. But it, uh, to be fair, though, it was, it was a bad yellow. Like, <laughs> I remember he, he was telling me after the assistant with the assistant in the line, he was going to say, get him off, get him off. <laughs> but uh, I played the game and anyway. I ended up getting man of the match after, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, brilliant. It was just, uh, it was mate. So it's like I went from like worst injury of my career at the time to then going to the, you know, playoff finals and beating Plymouth at Wimbledon and getting promoted. And Burton got promoted to the championship that year. So it was like, it was still great for me because I was like, a year ago, I couldn't have dreamt being in this position, getting promoted with a team like 
the same way I'd done with Stevenage like five years before. So it was just a great like feeling for me. But again, that injury was tough. But you know, and I don't know if obviously you know if you, you want me to wait to go into it, but like the predicament I'm in now is a completely different one where like I um found out that I had arthritis, that I've got arthritis in my hip. And November of 2018, like a surgeon advised me like to, to never play again, to just stop playing. So that obviously was like a breaking point for me. So that what, was real life. What, what was the, like, what was the tell sign in that area? So obviously you're, you're playing away. Um, did, you have, did you have issues? Did you have problems with it? Obviously to go to the surgeon, like what happened? So I, so the, I had um, an issue with it when I was at Wimbledon, but I didn't realize the severity at the time because, you know, it was something, it's called a labral tear. And apparently it's really common in footballers anyway. So when it came up on the scan, the physio was like, these are very common in footballers. Most of them are asymptomatic, like they don't have problems. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, no problem. And as you know, Murph, like steroid injections, we get there like, like it's like popping sweets like we'll have a steroid injection like you know what i mean once a week like easily yeah. so um i ended up having the injection and then i broke down again and then it took me a couple of weeks and then i got back to playing so i finished the end of the season with uh wimbledon and then i ended up going to wickham in the summer and they was obviously apprehensive about my injury history so i done a whole medical and whatnot and they found that i still had fluid on my hip um but again i didn't think much of it because my hip was always sore like it wasn't really that big an issue to me but the the terms of the contract changed it went from a two-year contract to a year with an option but even then i was like it's fine because all i needed to do was be in the squad 25 times so not even like play uh or being you know i just had to be in the squad like which was easy like in my head i'm like even on my worst day i can get to the 18 that's that's not hard um ended up like feeling something on the third day of preseason rested for a couple of weeks tried to come back felt it again went to the surgeon and he gave me another injection but he it was a difficult one it was like a lubricant one so it just helped like movement in the joint so got back to playing in about october played saturday tuesday saturday tuesday saturday 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 the last Saturday game I played, um, I felt something, but nothing drastic. You know, it was right at the end of the game, no biggie. That Sunday, I was in agony. Like, I literally couldn't get out of bed. And I called the physio, and I'm almost in tears coming that much pain. And I'm like, look, I don't know what I've done. I don't know what's happened, but I'm in absolute agony here. And he's like, don't worry, just come in Monday, we'll have a look. So, you know, he just said, listen, you've obviously come games that we didn't expect you to play in such a short space of time. So we'll rest it. Rested for about four weeks. And I was still no better. Like the pain had subsided, but I was no better. I couldn't go out, I couldn't train, couldn't do nothing. So he scheduled an appointment with the doctor, or with a surgeon. So in my head, as Murph will tell you, it's like, we, like, I've had four surgeries. So I'm not scared of surgery. It's just kind of to us, it's like a natural, you know, part of the game. You get certain injuries, ankles, knees, whatever, like you get surgery. So I went in there. What's the plan? Like, you know, if I have the up, how long is it going to take? And he just, he just turned around straight away and said, I'm not going to operate on your hip. And I was like, 
huh? And he's like, you, your hip's not good. And I said to him, I know, that's why I'm in your office. Like, what? Like, I wouldn't be here if my hip was fine. That's, duh, like, stating the obvious. But he was like, listen, I need to explain to you that hip surgery isn't like knees and ankles. He said the success rate for hip surgery is 40%. And success means not coming back in five years for a full hip replacement. So I was like, damn, that doesn't really, that doesn't sound too successful if you ask me. Like, that doesn't say, like, success didn't sound great when he put it in that context. So I was like, so I'm just sat there and I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And you know, when like you can feel the emotion building up and it's like, if you say something, you're going to cry. Like there's just, I just couldn't, it, it, it would have happened. So I just couldn't say anything. And then the physio started speaking on my behalf, just, you know, asking the, the surgeon more questions. And he was like, look, the best option for Darius is to stop playing right now um, for a better, uh, a better life moving forward. And he was like, you know, you've got, you've got a kid. You're going to want to have more kids. You're going to want to run around with them in the park and whatnot. You can't, you know, it's, it's up to you, but I would advise you not to play anymore. So obviously, like, my world literally came crashing down because, like, football was all I knew. I, I felt like I had so much to give. I didn't expect that to even be an option. And then for him to go and say that to me was just like, what is, what is happening here? So... I just, I completely broke down. Like when I left this office, I completely broke down. And like, I, I just got home and I just went to my room and I, I couldn't even speak to my family. I didn't know what to say. I just, I just didn't know what to say at that moment in time for, for days, days. When you were going in Darius for the surgery with the physio, say, was there a chance that this could have been the, like, what were you hoping for? Were you just, were you, was, he, was he looking at MRIs or scans, the surgeon, and you were hoping for him to tell you, that he was going to do a little clean up of your hip. Is that what you were hoping for going in? Of course, Derek. I'm sure like you may have had it or you know, like they go in, little clean up of it, you know what I mean? Round it off a little bit, good to go. It's like, as if you're like patching up a wall, you know what I mean? Just like plastering a wall or something. But obviously it's, it's not like that. And because a teammate of mine, John Ashton, who played with us at Stevenage, had the same thing. Yeah, he had a hip shave, didn't he? He had his yeah. hip shave. So in my head, I'm going, oh, well, he had it. I can have it, do you know what I mean? It'd be fine, but obviously, you know, different surgeons, different opinions, different times and, and whatever. But yeah, I was just I, just, I just didn't expect, even though the physio was like to me, listen, don't go in with any expectations. Like, I had no doubt in my mind I was just gonna go and have surgery. And the only issue was, when was I gonna come back? And I was like, if it's four or five months back, then, you know, I can get fit and I can prove myself to earn another contract because I believe in my ability. So what I expected, as opposed to what I got out of it, were two completely different experiences. It, it's a side of the game that's not kind of looked at, is it? Um, and even Derek, you might have a, a good input on this as well, because you retired early at 28. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's, you, you play the game that you love, then you go playing it professionally, and then there's all this sort of stuff like you, like, you you are going to get injured at some stage. I I don't I don't know if there's there might be a rare couple of players out there that never ever picked up any knock or any injury, but I, I doubt that somehow. But it is it's as you said, like it's like right yeah, right broke me ankle, trying a few screws there, and uh, I'll see you there in about a month, <laughs> and, uh, or or something like that. You just you just think that like anything can be fixed or. 
you know, like you break your leg. Yeah, I broke my leg. Fine, yeah. And the funny thing is, like, I've I've got so many injuries over the years. Like, I I, I can't even remember the probably the source. Like, I broke my leg. Did my cruciate. Uh, I think the shoulder coming out actually was probably the sorest yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Dislocated shoulder. That was probably the worst one. But it's weird, and that you wouldn't think it. Whereas if you turned around to someone and said, oh, "I'll break your leg there in the street," do you know, like. You'd be like, oh yeah, it's not really that sore anyway. So go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just like I say, it's just people don't understand, and it's funny because being in the position I'm in now, where I know like my career is coming to an end, and that shock. Um, but it just kind of like puts things into perspective. Do you know what I mean? And it like someone asked me the other day, like, was it? Is it worth it? And I was like, no one's ever asked me that before, you know? Like, was it worth it? And yes, it's worth it. Like, fuck, like, come on, man. Like, we all grew up as kids wanting to play football. Like, of course, there's billions of kids that want to do it. Yeah, it's worth it. But it's like, there's a lot that comes with this, man, that people don't even, wouldn't even understand. Wouldn't even understand. And as much as they say, oh, I'd give my right arm to, like, be in your position. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. This this honestly isn't for everyone. That's why there's only so few of us can do it. And that's why people around the world like idolize us and make us role models without even asking and like pay, you know, their hard-earned money to come and watch games or like, you know, watch them on TV or go to the park and play and pay to play. Because everyone knows like not everyone can do this, man. It takes us. It takes a special kind of person, and not not the ability. The ability is one thing, but the mentality it takes. The stuff you have to go through daily, like the stuff. The sacrifice the relentlessness of oh. it's twenty four seven, seven days a week, weddings, funeral, whatever. It's just you're just you're you're just signed over to to football, and people I like don't they might hear it every now and then. But unless you know you're, you're close to someone or you're in it yourself, you just don't know what you have to go through. The, the mental trauma, the physical trauma, all of it is, um, it, it, yeah, it, it, you need to be a special character to be able to, to get through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's so, there's so many levels to it, man. It's just like, I almost have, you almost have to look back and say, like, I am like a different kind of being because... Or is this, is this not swearing? Because I've been trying to watch my language. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, you know, like, what, imagine, right? Imagine Graham Wesley in like a normal corporate world. Like, do you think people could get spoken to the way we got spoken to? I want to speak to my union rep. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the HR? Yeah. No, it's like, uh, yeah. This is, listen, yeah. This is a brilliant story. I'm not going to name names, but this is between our world and corporate no word of a lie may god strike me down now if i'm lying my friend yesterday right she's head of um payroll and she needed someone to submit something so they could get like their bonuses she emailed them the email said um hi so and so um could you please send in something before end of play today she got an email back like an hour later from HR as uh, 
brought up this issue about the bluntness of your request. And she had a whole like HR meeting about this. And I was like, I was like, which part of what you said was a fed? Just please tell me because <laughs> I wish people spoke to me like that when we was in Darius, could you, Darius, get there now, please. Otherwise we won't be able to go. Like, do you, do you, that, that reminds me, remember they, they had the, the altitude machine at Stevenage and like, we were all kind of given out about it, Derek. Right. So I think, I think it was either Dean or the, or Tumble came in. One of them came in there one day and basically said to us, right lads, if you don't want to use it and you don't want to be here, get out, go now. I'll, I'll, I'll release your contract on the way out. There, there's the door. Whoever wants to go, and then do you know, do you know the way footballers are? Like we're all, we're all like when the gaffer's not there, the coaches we're like, oh, screw this place. Like and screw, we're not doing this altitude machine. It's a joke. What's going on here? This is ridiculous. And then they put it to us like that. Like you know, leave, leave. Or they, they, he said they'll pay up. It was like a quarter way through the season. They said they'll, I'll pay your contract till the end of the season, but just leave. I don't want you here. And no, no one left out of a room of twenty-five moaning lads. Like, yeah, of course we didn't. We didn't budge an inch. <laughs> so that'll that'll tell you what it was like there. We 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 didn't like it, but we loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh mate, do you want to tell? Mate, you want to tell a story about when you um had to like append uh, moose. <laughs> that was a that was a dark time. That was a dark time. We'll we'll leave that off for a different day. <laughs> but seriously though, when when you're in when you're in that environment, it, it was that environment and what whatever they say about it, he created like it was a winning uh environment. Like we went we went from the conference to League One and went into the playoffs <laughs> and lost out to like Sheffield United. But that winning mentality was there, and we went far. We beat Reading in the in the FA Cup, beat Newcastle in the FA Cup. Yeah. That team and that 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 dressing room was kind of probably one kind of in a million. You know, it was it was yeah. geared up that we wanted to win. It didn't it didn't care. We didn't care what the cost was. We put our bodies on the line. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of lads like, you know, could have finished early, had a lot of injuries. You know, we worked hard, but. Again, like you know, maybe it's something that you look back and say, "Look, it was <laughs> it wasn't the Champions League with Manchester United, but it, it was it it was, it, it was a great time. Like it was a great time for both Stevens Football Club, their fans, you know, for us, yeah. for everyone. So that's you know, you look back and have fond memories. But just going back to the to the injury, like um, so it it is arthritis, is it in the hip? Yeah, so it is. Uh, what, would you, what would you call it? Uh, did you really did you have arthritis as well, Derek? Sorry. Yeah, I go on to on yours, Darius. Is it um, is it osteoarthritis or is it rheumatoid or osteo? That's the one. Okay, so osteoarthritis is like from wear and tear. Like most of us will get it when we're older. Now I have osteoarthritis in my in my right knee where um, I done my ACL back in nineteen ninety nine. So. Yeah. And there's like a, there's bone on bone, say about that size. Um, and back in about um, that was '99 when I done my my crucial ligament. And then I was in Bose in 2002. It started coming at me, my knee coming at me. But they they said it was tendonitis, and and I got they gave me orthotics and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And then I retired in 2005, missed the start of the season. So I, I lost my place in the team. So, so Dan Murray and, and Alan Bennett went to centre-half and they were brilliant for the year. So I yeah. spent most of that season on the bench. But afterwards, I got microfracture done when I retired, say, uh, about seven, eight years ago, I got microfracture done on that kneecap where the where it's bone on bone. So they drilled a lot of holes in the kneecap um, and a lot of bl blood comes up with nutrients in it from the bone marrow. Mm. And that creates a kind of a scab, which is a, it creates a scab, which is a type of, they're trying to manufacture um, a bit of cartilage, yeah. a, a, a fake cartilage from a scab. <laughs> but... I went back again. It didn't do anything for me, but they, they want. It was a knee replacement. Was the next um, step. No, I'd retired a good bit at this, a long time at this stage, but it's only now I suppose putting the pieces together. Afterwards, I realised what actually happened because about two years ago I got diagnosed diagnosed with uh, psoriatic arthritis, which is a genetic. It's an autoimmune um, disease, you know. So what it is is that let's say my immune system is sending out inflammation. Um, and it's attacking my joints. So, so I'm on um, immunosuppressants now to, to half my immune system to stop that. But I suppose you were talking there while ago, Darius, about, or, and, or Darren, is it worth it? But for me back then, when, when I was walk, could barely get off the couch at times, um, I was going, fuck it, no, it wasn't worth it. But I thought it was down to football had caused this. And I was going, how long? Like, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I can barely get off the couch. I can barely walk. I'm going to have to get a knee replacement. Don't know how that's going to affect my job in, in the airport police fire service. Yeah. Like, my kids are very young, want to play football out the back. I was going, fuck. Like, my, my buddies are walking around with, with perfect knees and they, they never played football to this extent and they're able to go do their 5K runs and, yeah. and do what they had. So for me at that time, it wasn't worth it when I was blaming it on football. But once I got, once, once I realised that it was, a, it was an autoimmune disease, I was kind of delighted about football again, you know, because <laughs> what happened then is that was like a miracle drug for me then take So I take injections every month and it, it suppresses my immune system. Um, and it's been like a, it's, it's, it's been a miracle for me, you know, yeah. it's been a game changer. And just on your comeback, Darius, like, uh, like you put a lot of work in to coming back from the city, obviously being told in an office, you know, you're never going to play again. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose, you know, Derek, you were told you're never going to play again and you didn't play, which is horrendous to hear. But well, it's, like, I had stopped anyway, you see, Darren, so it's different. It's, it's different. Okay. I was kind of just cycling and I was only doing my own bits. Okay. So for Darren, totally different because he's still, it's still his career, it's still his, his way of earning money, you know? Yeah, like, to be fair, you, obviously you took a, a positive path. You know, was there was there a bit of a downfall first, and then you kind of said, "Screw this, I'm going to go for it anyway," or what? Like, you know, if someone tells you you're not going to play again, what? Like, did you get a second opinion, Darius? No. So it was like I was I was asking the physio for a second opinion for a long time, and I think the 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 physio didn't want to do it because he was he was like, "Listen, this is like one of the top surgeons in the world, and also." I don't want you to get your hopes up if like another guy comes in and says, you know, he, he's going to do it because you would have to ask, because surgeons are obviously like prone to want to do surgery, right? They make big money. So it's like, you would have to ask his um, motives as to why he wants to operate. Does he really believe he can like get you back 
or is he just saying it because you know they really have no liability whatever happens like you're signing a waiver so it's like if it goes well brilliant if it doesn't I'm getting paid and I'm safe anyway so I didn't get one but I remember right obviously I spent about two or three months kind of just getting grinding through the days just kind of doing rehab but you know I'm it's like I know I'm retiring at this point like I know I'm retiring because it's a no-brainer for me you're talking about me having hip replacements and being in wheelchairs like I'm just I'm not on that like in my before I turned 40 but it was one game right and you guys will know this right because watching is the hardest thing for us to do like watching is the hardest thing to do and it was a Tuesday night game and I think we lost one nil and through the whole game I'm like oh if I was playing I'd have done that or he should have done that you should like and I just said to myself like I've got a real fire in my belly still like I can't like I'm not ready to give this up I'm not ready to give this up and that was a day in April I can't remember which one but it was a day in April and from that moment forward I was like I don't know what I have to do I don't know what it takes but I am gonna be a professional footballer again so it really like kind of started that night when I made the decision you know to myself and like were you about 30 then Darius is that I was 31 yeah yeah and so what happened what was the what was the change Sorry, Darius, have you a light? Can you turn on the light there? Is yeah, sorry, I know it's dark in there, isn't it? It's the lighting. I don't know what's going on. It's a bit moody. Don't worry, we, I, I got caught for that last week as well, Darius. <laughs> we, we, myself and Derek turned on the light at 7 o'clock when we came on. <laughs> it's not great, you know what I mean? Yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, so what was the first step for me? I think... Uh, I don't know how this happened, right? I came across this guy, this uh, Irish guy from Dublin. Um, I had to be an Irish fella to heal you, like. Had to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he was a mobility coach. And I was just kind of going through his stuff. And he had the exact same thing that I had. And I was like, oh my God, this guy, like I have to get in contact with him because, you know, he was saying that I've created more range of movement. I've got more space in my hip. I've, you know, got a better of life was he so was he based said, in london no. darius sorry was he or no he's based in dublin he's, he's based, based in dublin. dublin yeah you know like, his name no the instagram is rob underscore movement okay and he's like a like a mobility specialist i think there's two of them um, okay. Rob's the one i contacted and um yeah i'd like i'd like just said to him like listen this is what i've got you know help me please like i'm desperate and then he sent me uh you know a a video to follow and I sent it back and he was like yeah no problem like I can help you so then I started to do his exercises um, and I started to for the first time like I actually started to feel better now I'm not talking like massive you know amounts but it's like just like a little one percent then a two percent a three percent and I'm like this is the first time I actually started to feel better now you know and um, at the time I'd kind of I'd kind of just become vegan as well because I was trying to lose weight because I was like, right, the more weight I lose, the less weight going through the hip and less impact and all that. Um, so I was doing all these little things. And I got, to this, I got to the end of the season, obviously, maybe a week before the end of the season. And because we were trying to make 50 points, like I, never, I never went in and had a real conversation with the gaffer because I was like, I know he's got a job to do. I'm the last thing on his mind. It's like, I've come here on good money for Wickham and I barely played a game. And I know he loves me to bits and he cares about me, but he's got a job to do. He's got to make sure the lads are ready to, so cool. 
so maybe a week or two before the season ended, um, went into his office and I was like, look, Gaffer, like, I just want to apologise for, like, letting you and everyone down. Like, I feel like, like a fraud. And he was like, you haven't, Darius, you have not got to apologise for anything because what you've given in terms of your attitude, in terms of turning up every day, um, being, like, positive, um, being a good uh, senior pro around the boys, like, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And, you know, that made me feel good. Obviously, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, like, yeah. But it's like, it did make me feel good because he's an incredibly sincere man, like, a very honest and genuine man. So I knew he meant it. Um, and then I said, look, like, I'm starting to feel better, you know? And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, for the first time, I'm actually starting to feel like I might be able to come back. And I was wondering if, I've got in decent shape, would I be able to come back pre-season? And he was like, yeah, of course, love to have you back. So... Was this now, Darius, you had the option, was, or they had the option of the next year, was that what this is now? Yeah, they had the option of the next year, and I hadn't, I hadn't met the commitment, because I'd only played seven, I'd only been involved in seven games, so of the 25 that I needed to be to trigger the next year. Yeah. So um, the gaffer was like, of course, come back, whatever. And I was like, would there be a chance for me to sign or whatever? And he's like, listen, come back, prove your fitness. We'll have that conversation as and when the time comes. So obviously came back in the summer and like management and, and physio staff were incredible. Like I have to give a shout out to my man, Isaac Leckie, because he was like the uh, understudy physio, so to speak. And, you know, he gave me all his time day and night, like devoted himself to me. And we really worked like tirelessly together. Um, so I went through that process and then I was able to like train every day, albeit, you know, my workload was different for the rest of the boys. I couldn't start for as long as they did, but I was starting to train with the boys and get involved. And you know, like that starts to make you feel good. And then you're like, oh, like I'm part of it buzzing. So then we, first preseason game, I think was Brentford. And the gaffer was like, oh, like you've been doing all right. Like, I don't mind giving you like 10 minutes. So I was like buzzing. I was like, that'd be brilliant. And this is the funniest thing ever, yeah? And it was such a humbling experience because bear in mind, I was like marquee signing the like, season before. This is the new season, right? I come back, everyone knows who I am. Come back, the gaffer's like, right, you're gonna go on now. So I'm like, brilliant. So then um, at the pitch, like doing my socks and shorts, whatever, I go on and as I'm running on, the announcer goes, and coming on for, um, Anthony Stewart is trialist number six. <laughs> I was like, I've never been a trialist in my life, let alone at you know I mean, the age of 31 going on 32. I mean, being at this club last year, it's like, the least you could do is say my name. I mean, you know it. Like, I played seven times for the season before, but it was just like, it was just such a humbling experience, but it was so funny. But so then I played 10 minutes in that game. And then, you know how it is, it's like the first team kind of play like the like a specific game and then the rest of the boys play another game. So it's like I was playing like the, you know, the lower league side, so to speak. So I played Wildstone, Maidenhead and whatnot. Um, and I got up to about 45 minutes. And then at the end of the Maidstone, at the end, at the end of the uh, yeah, Maidstone game, like the gaffer, because it was the last game, it was the last preseason game, and he pulled me into the change room and was like, Listen, like you've done, we're so pleased for you, you've done really well. 
like we're gonna we're gonna offer you something oh man honestly i was like i was just over the moon like i was just i was so over the moon at that moment but i was still nervous and anxious because obviously like, i haven't put pen to paper yet so that time leading to the contract it's like i'm not training because that like i'm not risking like yeah you know i mean this good thing i'm going on and this is how crazy football is, right? And I don't know, Derek, if you know Adam Elab. Do you know Adam Elab from your time at Brighton? Or would that have been just before? Yeah. Adam Elab. No? So, I signed, right, on a Tuesday night um, at home to someone. I can't remember who it was. And... Uh, that Saturday, for some reason, there, there was a dispute or whatever, and our captain ended up leaving um, like the following Saturday or something like that. So I've only signed like maybe 10 days before, and then there's an injury to our right back. So we're going up to Fleetwood the night before, and like I'm looking at it thinking, well, in normal circumstances, like I would go straight in, but this is a normal circumstances, like. So I, don't, I, did, I wasn't expecting to be involved or anything. And then on the day, the gaffer's like, would you reckon to, to start in? And I was like, eh? Like, what? Because in my mind, I was like making up every possible scenario where I wouldn't play. I was like, nah, he'll do that or he'll do that. Like, there's no way. Like, I'm just here to make up numbers. But I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, why not? So um, we're in a dressing room getting changed or whatever. And I'm just going about my bits. And then uh, we go out and do the warm up, and the lads are like, oh, D, buzzing to have you out here. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's, it's good to be out here. But I'm not really like, for some reason, it just wasn't like going into my head what was happening. And then obviously, you're doing your final bits now when you're back in the dressing room before the whistle goes. Or, yeah, before the, the, the assistants knock on the door. So we knock on the door, show our pads and whatever. I'm in the tunnel now. And then we walk out. And I'm like, then it hits me, and I'm like, Hold on a minute! <laughs> like this isn't a this isn't a pre preseason game. This is a a fully one fixture, and I'm like, oh my god! Like how have I ended up here? And I literally started to well up. Like there's tears in my eyes now, and I'm like, Darius, you're gonna have to hit a ball in a minute. Like you can't. This can't. We're not doing this. Like crying is not an option right now. But honestly, like just being there felt like the biggest achievement ever because it was like I was meant to be there man like everyone told me not everyone but you know people in high positions like surgeons even like you know friends specific ones were like you know you won't be able to come back like my partner at the time was like no you won't be able to come back no you won't be able to come back and I was like through all of that I've made it here and I was just like if I never play another game in my life I've done, like, I've done it. I've done it, man, because I, I set my heart out to do something against all the odds. I achieved it. And it went from that to playing like, I've played like 30 games this season. Do you know what I mean? I've missed a few because I can't play Saturday, Tuesday. Like, I, just, I just can't do it. But it's like, I've played 30-odd games this season. I didn't even, I, I, I was begging for a contract, let alone to be one of the first names on the team sheet. And it just gives you like another level of like, gratitude and, and humility you know that one it can be taken away from you at any time and two 
it really is just a blessing to be out there doing the thing that you love, man, you know? Mm -hmm. Well played, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Some, um, to get back playing at that level again for what you were told is uh, so much even it just shows the determination you had to, to make it happen. You know? Yeah. And what was is is the pain there? Is is it after games? Obviously, when you're going into games, you must feel quite decent. The fact that you're able to start the match is it after games when when it's at its worst? Yeah. So after games is when it's at its stiffest. And the thing is, as you know, it's off writers, so we live with it every minute of every day. You know, it's like you take a wrong step, you're like, oh, like you know, it's like for me, the hardest part of my day is putting my socks on because getting down, like to put my socks on, is honestly, I'm telling you you would rather watch paint dry because it is boring. And it the is only thing, Darius, is that you've something to look forward to and stop playing that, that hip replacement you won't know yourself. I don't have to worry about that, mate. I'll have hip replacement. Another five years. <laughs> oh, class. But like you did, I suppose, talking about the determination, like there was a, there was a lot of hard work went into it. I remember seeing your Instagram stories there and, you know, like you were working relentlessly day and night and mm. you kind of left that out a small bit. Like what, like... Oh, man, yeah. Because it, it was one of them where it's just like, it was no joke. And you guys know because you've been it, but it's like, when you are working to get back, it's mm. tireless, man. It's, there's so many boring days where you're the only one in the gym or the last one left and you've got no energy in your body, you're knackered, you're drained mentally and physically and you just got, you just got to keep churning away, churning away. So for me, from like, and you know, the moment where I decided I was going to play and I got in contact with uh, Rob to do the uh, program for me, literally every day, there was no such thing as a day off. Like there, was, there wasn't a day off because because it's arthritis, it's like, I have to do mobility every day, three times a day, morning, noon, and night. I have to because I want to give myself the best possible chance to play. And I want to obviously slow down, you know, what's happening in my hip, especially while I'm playing. Because if I wasn't playing, I, don't, I feel, you know, I'd, it would, I'd still feel it, but less because I'm not putting my body through that strain, right? But when you're putting yourself through that much strain by playing, you have to be, you have to like double down on everything you're doing. So my routine every day is get up in the morning, stretch first thing. Get into training, stretch first thing. You know, activate for like, my activation session was an hour. So like activating glutes, thighs, quads, all like thighs, hamstrings, all of that, making sure the muscles are as warm as they could possibly be just to go out and train for like half an hour, 45 minutes. And even if I'm not, even if it's just a weight session, because my week now is I only go out and train on a Thursday and a Friday and only for about an hour. Do you know what I mean? Up to an hour, depending on, you know, how tough the session is, which obviously Thursdays, Fridays, they're not, they're not their toughest. But in, on a Monday and a Tuesday, like, you know, the session I've got to do to keep my cardio up, to make you know, leg strengthening exercises was just like, man, you know what it's like. It's like, you can't even be asked to shower at the end of the day. You're just like, I just, I just want to click my fingers and teleport and be home on like clean sheets, you know, with my- How do you substitute, Darius, how do you substitute the cardio from, with the team, say, with the individual? Are you doing a lot of bike work or rowing? What, what kind of way are you doing it? 
so now it's bike for me and a lot of um like and pool work as well which is which is great and i'm not the best swimmer but you know it it, it really helps obviously like the load bearing and bike as i say is like a brilliant way to do it because even a rower is difficult for yeah. me because this the whole bring your knees to your chest is like and even you know bike isn't necessarily advisable for it but i can obviously have the the seats high enough that my knees don't come up so high so it's like i'm not not doing too much like getting too much flexion in my in my in my hip but so that is yeah literally like that and boxing and boxing was was something I, i'd done a lot of as well to to keep the fitness and that really the boxing really helped keep me like mentally you know in the summer especially like that kept me because you know i'm thinking about not getting my head punched off i'm not worried about like my hip paying me and it allowed it was a release you know because we don't get a release like we don't get a release it's, it's constant like it's constant 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 so to be able to like hit someone get hit uh, and just learn new skill was like was incredible for me just keeping like my men my mental you know right at the time and how do you feel in games then are you feeling like you know if you're coming up against someone quick that you can't you know what i'm talking about sometimes you 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 go beyond that 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 yeah. you know that i suppose how to explain it to people is that like you you have you have a bit in training but then in a game there's that, that adrenaline and if you have to chase someone that's quicker than you then that's what happened to me a lot of the time is that i i was that adrenaline rush and i try my whole heart and soul to get there but you know <laughs> your your muscles then obviously can't take it so oh, you know, but let me tell you something and it's so crazy because i was blessed with pace right so to like it's all right when you've never had it, but like to go from having it to not having it is like, oh man, I can't just chase that man down anymore. It's like, I've got to like, I've got to figure it out. And to be fair, it's helped. It's helped my game. It's helped my position because now I've got no choice. Like I better be in the right position before the ball's played. Otherwise this kid is going to make me look like a flipping bag of, nuts and screws because I could not like I'm probably I'm probably at 75 80% like that's where I'm at so it's like my best is now 80% max of what I could have done and you know I may not even I may not feel great on the day so it's like I don't even know what I'm going to turn up like so you're damn right I better be in the channel before that fullback gets it out of his feet and plays it there or do you know what I mean touch tight so the striker can't turn and, 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 and run at me you must be kidding I'm going to ground straight away I, like you'll get you're just going to get six studs in your shin because I'm because I can't chase you anymore do you know what I mean so it's like it's just the way my game has changed has been like it's been, it's been, it's been again another humbling experience you know no fair play Darius it's great like because I think this show Darren with Darren show, but it really is for young kids, young players, parents, like and what showing what it, what it takes and, and what's needed if you want to if you want to make it and and stay at, a, at an elite level um, mm. in football. And, and your story just it goes to show like how much determination and grit is needed to uh, to keep doing what you love doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so funny because I grew up, you know like wanting to like inspire people you know I was like oh, I'd love to like inspire people and it's just funny that obviously it's through my kind of like I say tragedy tragedy turning to tryout like that's kind of the way 
that you know I've been able to show like younger pros who are struggling or whatever that you can you know you can come back from anything and these times will pass and you know what football isn't the be all and end all I know it feels like it because I've been there but it's really not there's so much more like after football or even during football like especially now like you've got so many opportunities to like create money you can flip in go you go and you know in your spare time just bloody make a youtube channel and make money just i don't know playing playstation so it's like there's just so many different ways to like make money now and i think that was the biggest thing for us growing up it's like when we were playing football that was all we could do like there, there was no option of like you know how a side job or a side hustle or making a bit of money on the side. No, no chance. It was football, day in, day out, 24-7, 365 days a year. Simple. Well, I did deliver a yeast um, around Munster on a van there <laughs> when I was playing football on the side. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. No, but yeah, this, this is what this show is about. Like, it's especially, you know, like, obviously Irish based, like, but we come from a different background to the UK like and it's it's not it's not as if we want to to change it massively like but it's some some kind of improvements or you know a lot a lot of kids go to the UK and 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 come back but it's 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 you know playing for Manchester United Manchester City or we see the premiership and we think you know you go over there and make lots of money and you're going to be successful whereas that's not the story you know and it needs it needs kind of to be talked about really and it was great to have you on tonight and you know yeah, and, and hear your experience and you know you're you're obviously a really 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 determined guy and i'm sure you'll be successful after football as well. i know you've got a couple of plans in, in in line with life coaching and stuff like that and you you would you'd make an excellent life coach because you speak well and you're very intelligent and you know it was great it was great to talk to you darius thank you it's been an absolute pleasure honestly Anyone that's, uh, you know, listening in again, like and share, please. And uh, if anyone wants to ask any questions or make any comments on the page, please do. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.